Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. Welcome everyone to the Week in Italian Startup, where Nicola and I, we discuss the main news happening in the week uh, in startup land. Uh, it's been an interesting week. There is some big rounds. Uh, interesting to see like what, uh, how they're going to progress. So without further ado, let's start talking about Poste Italiane. So Poste Italiane basically entered, uh, it's the biggest round of last week, is a 27 million round where Poste Italiane entered in the capital of uh, Italian unicorn, um, uh, Scalapay. There you go. Yes, yes, of course. Nick, what's uh, what's your thinking? Yeah, ciao, Jack, ciao, everybody. Well, this is, uh, Poste Italiane is not new to this type of rounds in, uh, in scale-ups. They did a few investments already. Uh, it is interesting that they are joining a, the, the, the round the Scala Pay opened last uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So they basically topping up the amount and entering into the space. Uh, as I said, Positaliani now is the Italian post office uh, traditionally, but they have diversified a lot into banking, into payments, yeah. into insurance, into telecommunications. There. Quite a big player now. Uh, yeah, Poste is the improbable VC. Like uh, started like a completely like a public uh, sort of service thing, and now is really doing a, like a, a 180 to a completely different beast. And it's been really active, as you say, in many many deals, uh, especially last year as well. So so that was uh, that was a particular interesting. It was definitely mm-hmm. the biggest round of last week and uh, one of the coolest for sure. Awesome. In, in, a, in a sense, Positalian is kind of the underdog in terms of thinking about the, the, the startup community, no? Because, you know, Poste, I mean, mail yes. services, that's so boring. They actually are doing a lot in a lot of areas, investing and acquiring startups. So yes. that's probably we should look closer to what they're doing. Yeah. Who's I, it? I, I, I'm saying it for myself. Who's in charge of that? Who does it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Super cool. All right, second biggest round in terms of uh, volume, I would go with uh, Artemest, Marketplace for Luxury, which raised 15 million euro from two uh, companies. One is a holding and, other, and the other one is a, is a venture capital firm. Uh, very interesting, actually, like Artemest, not really on the radar in terms of startup land, I would say. Uh, probably very solid value proposition in e-commerce basically aggregating a lot of like small boutique uh, artists and artisans. So very, very nice job. And uh, yeah, awesome round. It's really huge, honestly, to, for, a mar- for, a, for a marketplace is huge. To, and I was researching a little bit in terms of the market of the players. And one is Iris Ventures, which is very interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a UK based firm. And they're basically building a portfolio of luxury uh, goods with uh, a mission in a way. So for living healthier, happier, and so on and so forth. And another interesting thing is that is led by women. So it's one of the few BC firm, which is like uh, 80% women led. There you go. Very nice. Yes. Good catch, good story actually. Yeah, it's awesome uh, story. I didn't know about yeah. them and uh, I was checking out and it's super interesting. Yeah, and you're, and you're right when you say that uh, Artemis is, is another bit of a, this is the week of the underdogs. So this is a startup that you don't hear about a lot, but they actually raised uh, north of 20, 
25 million euros, more or less, from several investors, also at the international level. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, they're probably doing, doing, doing quite, quite well. Uh, and they believe the company is uh, led by a woman as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the other part, which was interesting, is uh, is the other investor as well, which is uh, is a very interesting holding company, to be honest. Um, and essentially, uh, what they're doing is um, gathering a lot of luxury goods uh, products. So this is all my holdings. I didn't, re- I don't know who's behind it, but essentially, they're the portfolio. Here it is. Like we have wines. We have fine food product like a caviar house in Prunier, very famous in the UK. Uh, yeah, three or four different like wine companies, uh, watches, two different brands of watches, luxury bot rental and uh, sort of uh, luxury like stay boutique hotels and things like this. So I thought it was a very interesting uh, holding company. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree, actually. It's a very interesting play to, to position yourself as a luxury goods investor. And we can see that digital is entering into the, the debt area. So there, there are at least two companies in the digi- from the digital market uh, that are actually selling luxury goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It was interesting. Super interesting. Right. A very clear positioning. Yes, and uh, of course, this opens them to a million ways to exit uh, whenever they kind of want. So, in very, very strategic uh, money placed on the table, for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, mov- moving on with Abacus, a student loan management startup that raising 1.82 million from a syndicate. So, I didn't know about Abacus, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting for two reasons. One is the value proposition which is one of the first that I see actually doing like <clears throat> student loan, like financing in a, in a more lean and digital way. And the second part is that, uh, of course, we have Lifty, which is uh, becoming omnipresent. And these guys are part of the, the equity table now. So that's, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, not, not, not much to add here uh, other than uh, we, we maybe we thought that uh, education was a uh, related to complex financial products only in the US or UK, let's say so. But apparently also in the rest of Europe and Italy in particular, this is becoming an issue and something that might need some support in order to uh, manage correctly. Uh, and this is a proof that probably the, the market is moving that direction as well. Yeah, totally. Fantastic. All right. Moving on, Genuine Way, blockchain-based service to manage environmental impact of supply chain, raising half a million from uh, business angels. Uh, this was interesting because um, this is a very, very solid and well-known application of blockchain technology. So um, uh, people that uh, argue that uh, blockchain is, uh, is not pervasive, Basically, every day there is a disproof of that. And one is this one, which essentially tackles one of the oldest problems in the food supply chain and agriculture. So I've seen a lot of player in this field. Uh, I'm sure there will be one which will be the, the main lead, but a good sign that a lot of people are working on this problem. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. 
Yep, yep, yep. I have to add that uh, the company is actually Swiss-based. Okay. But it is basically an Italian company in terms of team and operations. But uh, again, it's probably proof of how the Swiss ecosystem is much friendlier to blockchain-based companies. Yeah, no, so far. So far. So far, that's uh, absolutely true, and uh, we 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 are seeing that uh, completely. So also with our colleagues in Switzerland, uh, kind of checking the pulse of the blockchain uh, areas. Yeah. Very interesting. All right, um, let's talk about Yolo then, since you guys uh, are directly involved. I was uh, well, whatever you can disclose, of course, uh, up to a point. <laughs> But uh, the guys are doing well. Uh, it's uh, essentially the value proposition is, is, a, is a very smart way of take, buying insurance, very modular, very like product-based, and that is kind of catering the new generation of, of, of people that want to insure to make a product which, is, uh, which, is, uh, which speaks to them, essentially. <laughs> well, I, I don't have much to add here, uh, other than uh, as you read from the article, uh, the company is considering uh, an IPO. Basically, they're exploring, exploring different ways of, um, of continuing growth. Uh, and the IPO is one way to raise capital, of course, in order to continue, continue the development of the company. Uh, they're doing well. They're not doing great. I mean, in terms of value proposition, of course, the pandemic has had an impact on them as well because originally the product was related to um, micro insurances for specific events like i go out and play soccer or football uh, and they pay for a specific insurance regarding the specific match uh, but if you stop playing football then uh, there is no opportunity anymore to to, to to purchase an insurance so they weathered the um, uh, the pandemic is the time to think of those for the funding so that's yeah, the starting point of the reason yeah it's all on the table yeah so what happened basically they broaden the service proposal so they put more things on the table so they could maybe you know not be as uh, surgical in insurance they kind of broaden a little bit the spectrum right well yolo uh yolo developed in particular a very specific um technology platform being able mm -hmm. to uh, deliver uh, insurance products. And they found out that, that there are players on the market that are interested in delivering ancillary insurance products uh, through the services or whatever. Uh, so there is a white label component, the issue platform that Yolo basically white labels to third parties and Yolo takes care of setting up the insurance product, finding right. Um, um, Red partners and then basically allowing the B2B customer to deliver insurance products uh, to, to their customer base. So there's this B2B white labeling angle that is working quite well. And then there's the direct B2C angle that's basically you going online and downloading the mobile app and purchasing uh, your, uh, your insurance products. So basically, you're always diversifying across the spectrum, uh, moving beyond just the uh, just-in-time insurance products. I see. And what is the logic of uh, of IPO in this uh, in this sense? Like because uh, you know it's uh, it seems that uh, uh, IPOs are becoming more accessible in a way. 
So it's uh, it's definitely like a good tool. But uh, you know, what's what's the reasoning behind in the consideration of YOLO becoming a public company? Well, uh, as I said before, uh, IPOs are a way to raise capital for the company, mm -hmm. first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And going going down the road, of course, to allow the the shareholders to monetize, uh, of course, but, I mean, uh, not immediately because IPOs bring with them uh, lockups uh, and other periods where the existing shareholders cannot do anything basically. Mm -hmm. um, so now the, the, the reasoning is whether to uh, tap the private markets or tap the public markets to raise capital to support growth. So that's the key issue here. Uh, that's the, the public markets are just one of the potential potential directions. Uh, but that's the primary goal. The, 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 the oldest way you, you consider public markets get resources. Exactly, exactly. Pool of resources efficiently allocated for the growth of a company. Interesting. All right, let's talk about new funds. Uh, you mentioned that uh, two different funds have actually two, uh, three, more, more three. I would say talking about first uh, AVM Gestioni, which is uh, uh, it's a very well known SGR and they are uh, kind of uh, you know aligning with what is happening in the in the fund uh, space and the vc fund space which is the idea of specialized fund which is really fascinating essentially uh, as a sgr they launched two different funds uh, yeah i mean they, they launched like a few different specialized funds under the avm gestion sgr one is sizer we talk about that and it's about robotics Robotics, right? Or cybersecurity? Cybersecurity and, and the robotics. There was, yeah, exactly. It was a mix of the two. And now, essentially, they're like extending, uh, getting into Italian food, Italian fine food. So that's uh, that's one speciali specialization. And uh, uh, the other one is about impact. So it's uh, it's a double double product. Uh, yeah. I, I take honestly this uh, news as a, as a positive way to sort of seeing venture capital as a specialized business instead of uh, generalistic, more like broad-based uh, funds. Uh, so it's, it's, not, it's not a bad uh, trend, I would say, because then kind of qualifies also uh, maybe a few of the smallest funds that really want to do good into a very, very specific and vertical sector. What is your take on that? Well, I do. I do agree with you. Uh, I mean, I, I tend to see history as waves. There are waves where there are the big generalist investors that cover these broad markets, and that's the first wave. Then the markets um, gets richer, more uh, nuanced, uh, and you have much where the specific verticals are. Uh, probably more attractive because you can build in interesting investment cases and you can probably uh, foresee good returns uh, by uh, specializing in niches. And this is probably one of the, we are entering that phase in the market right now. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Um, I wanted to add a little bit because it is very interesting. If you follow the link uh, from, the, um, uh, from the newsletter, like a, with, that goes to the um, uh, 
fund page on the website of ABM Gestioni. Uh, there are the details of the impact fund, and it's probably interesting okay. to, to have a read. There are probably two two things that come comes immediately to your attention, if you want. But any anyhow. Um, yeah, no, let's do it. Absolutely. It's uh, super interesting because I, I got that ready for Kairos, which is the next fund, which is also Impact. So now let's uh, let's have a look. Let me try and share. Yeah, there if, you you scroll, if you scroll down, scroll down. Ah, there okay. you are. Perfect. Interesting. So there are a lot of, uh, lo lots of information. Yeah, so basically fund size target 50 million. That's pretty average, I would say, for a seed or early stage fund. Yep. First close 5 million. That's super interesting mm -hmm. because that's a very, very, very small first close. Yes, 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 exactly. Uh, the second interesting point is the. Uh, see, if you scroll down just a little bit more, the last line, carried invest 15% plus 15%, which makes 30%. Industry average is 20. 30%, yeah. but 30% where half of it is dependent upon a, a metric, realized impact adjusted return, whatever that is. Whatever uh, that is. Wow, that's, that's convoluted. That's a bit they, convoluted and unconventional. Well, they came up, they came, they came out with a metric. Uh, I don't know whether it's theirs or from some kind of public market or some research or whatever, some external yeah. actor. Mm -hmm. Pro, they came up with a metric that aligns the funds and the results of the fund from the ESG point of view, not from the pure financial point of view, and they uh, linked it to the credit interest. So the credit is a pure financial, mm -hmm. um, let's say, um, result, so a pure financial aspect of the, of the fund management, but it is related to a non-strictly financial aspect of the management. And I find that extremely interesting. Wow, that's... Uh... That's unconventional. I don't know. I mean, is it a sign that LPs, Italian LPs, are getting more sophisticated, or is it just uh, one way to kind of uh, rework the carried interest in a, in a more creative way? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It depends. Well, one of the answers, the fundamental one, is it depends on that metric. How that metric is actually, you know, quantitative, uh, hard and important to reach, and how the impact or whatever that measures. Uh, is actually meaningful yeah, good uh, point, for, good point. For, for, for the world and for the people because that would bring to a out let's say out of market type of credit interest 30 percent mm -hmm. for a impact for the vc fund is quite high yeah uh, also, that's probably the fundamental answer uh probably the fact that you are marketing an impact fund uh it's is it makes it in the current market situation a bit more interesting yeah for uh, LPs, totally. Uh, it's probably yeah. some kind of a badge of badging of honor for you know I invested in an impact funds uh, because that you know is nice to say, nice to have today. In the totally. Market, so. And on the exactly that note, we've seen another player, Kairos, doing pretty extending actually the wealth management practice into the uh, the impact space. So Kairos is generally like a wealth management company which also does advisory he provides alternative funds uh, general like multi-strategy more of a kind of hedge fund flavor and now they also have a venture esg1 which is the their impact their own like impact fund 
So I thought also that was, uh, that was particularly interesting. And uh, yeah, we have a little bit less information. Uh, we have a little more information in terms of verticals. Uh, it's really broad based, I would say, uh, you know, from life science to space economy. It's definitely not a specialized one. Uh, it's good in a sense that uh, kind of uh, wealth management companies are looking into the space as an asset class, as a reliable asset class to offer their customer base. But uh, there, it's a long way before, uh, you know, probably we're going to see something uh, vertical, something specialized uh, in, uh, well, at least from the, the wealth management part. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I would say, if I may, this is not really a pure impact, more than ESG compliant fund. Which yeah. Is a bit, yeah, good point. Uh, a bit easier in terms of um, complexity from the uh, non-financial point of view. Yeah. Uh, so ESG is a bit of a, uh, a softer approach to, yeah. uh, to investments when, when, uh, when compared uh, to uh, impact. But yes, I mean, uh, it's good to have more money uh, investing in the market, uh, investing in deep tech, because space, lab science, and so on support are basically deep tech investments. So a lot of research, you need a lot of capital to come up with something interesting. Mm -hmm. So good to know. Uh, it's helpful for us as well, because we, we, we do have our own uh, space fund and we see how much money you need to actually start <laughs> and scale anything in the space. So unless you want to use some data, that's, you know, oh, data, data is uh, easy. Software is, yeah, that's easy. Software is easy. Uh, but all the rest <laughs> requires time and money. So very interesting. Awesome. Oh, fantastic. All right. To end up on a note, a very interesting note, which is uh, good news for women entrepreneurs, which is the allocation of 200 million for uh, women entrepreneur in Italy. And it's basically is what is defined as a Fondo Perduto, which essentially is the government subsidizing uh, qualified businesses led by women and founded, of course, by women and run by women. So that this is a very, very awesome news, which doesn't only cover, to be honest, uh, reading through the details, uh, tech in general, but also other kind of uh, entrepreneurial uh, activities. So it's a very, very good uh, way to push uh, women in business in general overall. Yep, yep, I totally agree. I'm very happy for this fund, for this capital being available for uh, women-led uh, enterprises in any sector. Yeah. Uh, the article linked in the newsletter has a good overview, I believe, of all the key aspects of how to apply and totally. what are the targets of the, of the, of the fund, let's call it fund. Uh, so I believe for the women entrepreneurs listening to the podcast and reading the newsletter, it's a good opportunity to, to get to some more capital for their enterprises. Yeah, and uh, on the LP side, uh, what I've seen also more and more, uh, both uh, angel investors being women and supporting uh, women-led startup, and at the same time, um, I've been in contact with the uh, women fund manager trying to raise capital for uh, women-led uh, startups, which uh, definitely is a little bit of an underrepresented uh, category. So awesome news overall, I would say, not only from the state part, but also from the, um, the private capital markets, if you will. Mm -hmm. awesome. This one was a, was a women-friendly newsletter this week. Artemis so, <laughs> with Iris Ventures, this fund, yeah. so I'm very happy. So that's oh, good. Good project. Stuff is moving. Totally, totally. 
All right, uh, I think that's it for the week. Uh, Nick, thank you very much for joining. And um, guys, we're available on Spotify, YouTube, uh, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, subscribe to Nicolò Newsletter. And I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Ciao, Jack.